What's the word, y'all? Welcome back to Called Game. Today, we have one of my favorite players on my favorite team, the Chicago Bulls, nicknamed Thadjik Johnson. Thaddeus Young, welcome to the show. Boy, so focus, you notice my trash day from the logo like Dane Bay. Tell him I gotta go and get the money, good cause the money won't pay me. If anybody really think they no ballin' with please tell him come to Bay May. Or you can go to YouTube and search called game, watch it on HJ. Yo. And that's game. Bad young man, welcome to the show. How you doing today? Doing fine. How are you doing? I'm great, man. I, we appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you're a busy, man. I don't know how familiar you are with me, but I, I'm a diehard Bulls fan, season ticket holder, you know, at every single game for the past couple years. We're going to get into a little bit more Bulls talk a little bit later, but I want to kick it way, way back before you were in the league, before you were part of the Bulls. We know that you grew up in South Memphis, man. What was that like <laughs> for you? Oh, man. I mean, it's tough, you know, um, you know. You see a lot of different stuff that go on and, and you know, being from South Memphis, but uh, one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, it, that tough, that tough life uh, prepares you for the the, the struggles and, and uh, moving, moving life forward. And it prepares you for everything, uh, you know, to pre- pre- prepare your life forward. You know, I think uh, me growing up in, in South Memphis is, you know, uh, it's one of the, the best things that could have happened to me. Uh, I moved there from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, I was... Uh, you know, I always, you know, people say it's, it's not a, a, a fortunate thing to kind of live in poverty, but, you know, um, you know, I think I was very blessed and fortunate enough to have parents that love me and that, uh, you know, that continue to try to, you know, let me see, you know, the struggles and, and let me see how, you know, that this is something that I, I didn't want to continue to, to be a part of, you know, and, you know, it's put me in a position to where, you know, I, I continue to work hard and, and I've been able to get myself out of it. But, you know, um, I credit, you know, me growing up in South Memphis to, you know, my success in life, you know, because, you know, it's, it's showed me some things that I didn't need to be doing or that I didn't need to be around. And it, it forced me to put myself in a position to where I can be successful. I always wonder when I'm talking to somebody that does something at the highest tier, and of course you're you're in the best basketball league in the world, how it started. Like for me, and of course I ain't in the NBA, but like my love for basketball started from my uncle. Um, he just he just brought me everywhere he went when it came to his tournaments. Uh, he played uh, D1 in Hawaii, so I was just always in tune with the game of basketball. Now I wasn't lucky enough to get to six foot seven, six foot eight, so I was like I had to turn it around and start talking about it. So what was your path to being in love with the game of basketball? Uh, I would say my path uh, to being in love with the game. Well, I'll start back. You know, my my biggest thing was, uh, uh, you know, I didn't play basketball at first. At first, oh, wow. I was uh, I played football, <laughs> and then and then uh, and I was actually I, I played basketball here and there, but I was more of a football player, and I was I was actually better at football than. I started to get a little too tall for the sport. I ended up breaking my collarbone, and then I just oh, wow. full time went basketball. But uh, you know, I didn't really get really good until I was probably like 15, 16 years old. That's when like people really kind of see me just burst onto the radar as a basketball player. Uh, but I think it was because I like I was really locked in and, and focused in on, on the game and the sport. But uh, I was introduced to it by uh, you know my father. Um, who actually was drafted by the Buffalo Braves back in the day? Oh wow! Um, you know, so you know, basketball kind of ran through my ran through my, my veins and my blood. So, you know, um, you know, from there, you know, I, I would you know go out and play with him. And, uh, we, would, we would go out and be, and I'd be pissed off at him all the time because he'd be beating me. <laughs> you know, but uh, one day I, I finally beat him. Uh, finally, like dumped on him, and then that's when he stopped playing, and then that's when he. Uh, <laughs> He figured that I actually had a pretty good chance of actually becoming a pro athlete, uh, just because I was, you know, athletic and I could do certain things, uh, you know. But uh, my focus really didn't come until I was probably like, you know, 15, 16 years old when I really started to kind of like harness the game and really started to pay attention more to the game. Uh, you know, I would pay attention to it, but I, I wasn't really into it like I should have been at an earlier age. What position were you playing in football? I played quarterback, uh, receiver, and then I played free safety. Okay, okay. See, people always, like, talk about LeBron. Like, LeBron would be the perfect tight end, <laughs> you know, because all of y'all are so tall, especially relative to, like, NFL players. So I always wonder, like, because that story was pretty similar, right? There's a lot of hoopers out there that started off at football, 
then got too tall, and then they transitioned to basketball. So yeah, I was I was actually pretty good. Uh, you know, I was like leading the league in like pass yards, receiving mm-hmm. yards, and um, you know touchdowns and stuff like that. And then you know I, I broke my collarbone. And I was like, yeah, this is it for this. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so around here, we always try to figure things out about a, a person or player, in this case you, and, and their hometown as far as the basketball culture, right? On the first episode, we had Metal World Peace. We talked about how New York um, hoops and, and everything like that. I don't know much about Memphis basketball. So so what is the basketball culture like in Memphis? Man, honestly, um, Memphis basketball is uh, is super tough. Like, like everybody's at each other's heads and necks. Um, super tough. You know, uh, I think uh, one of the biggest things is, like a lot of people don't know, is that like everybody hoops. Mm. Like everybody hoops. Like everybody knows how to hoop. Like you can find a guy that's been sitting on the corner or like been on the corner drinking for the past six days and you roll the ball to him and he'll be able to beat you one-on-one. <laughs> like that's that's how crazy it is. Like everybody can hoop. Like it uh, has some type of uh, skill set as far as hooping, and, and, and everybody loves a game of basketball. Um, you know, I think Memphis is definitely a basketball city. Um, you know, I mean, you know, the University of Memphis has, you know, gets, you know, 20,000, 30,000 fans easy yeah. <laughs> to come to the game. So, you know, um, you know those things are, are you know, it, it tells you a lot about, you know, Memphis and, and how, you know, they really, really love to play basketball. They love to watch the game. They love, you know, you know, the, the grassroots side of it. You know, I have my own AAU program. Right. And, you know, you know, it's it's team that of course, it's sponsored by Nike. But uh, you know, you know, I've had some pros come through my AAU program that's came from Memphis. I've had, you know, guys that play overseas. I've had a lot of uh, you know, kids that, that's developed through my program and, you know, it just seems like everybody plays basketball with Memphis. It's like that's like the number one sport. Um, you have so many different leagues and so many different, you know, uh, kids growing up and their parents, you know, training them, trying to be pros and stuff like that. You know, it, that Memphis is a basketball city. Who was the pros that uh, that came through Team That? Uh, OG Ananobi. Okay. Uh, he was a pro. Uh, well, he is a pro. Uh, Terrence Davis, they both actually were on the same team. Terrence actually just got traded right. uh, today to sack. Um, Chris Chioza. Okay. Um, and um, we have uh, John Collins played a little for us. Hey, yo, um, that's, a, that's a fire <laughs> list right there. Jeremiah Martin, he okay. uh, he was with Brooklyn Nets last year. Uh, Demetrius Dyson, he had a call up with the Indiana Pacers and okay. he played in the G League for a little bit. Uh, I mean, I mean the list goes on. We've had, yeah, no, that's a crazy had, list. Yeah, like had, I said, we've had some good players. I'm a diehard Bulls fan. If I'm not mistaken, didn't OG catch you on a on a block or he dunked? You know, am, am I tripping? It might have been. It might have been a block. I think it was a block. I tried to dunk on him and he blocked. He blocked. Yeah, it was. It was a block. <laughs> so how did that feel for you, knowing that he came through your program and then now he's stuffing you at the rim? I mean, you know, every dog has his day. <laughs> But uh, but now nah, OG OG's great, man. He he's one of the he's one of the first kids that I seen. And I said, you know what, this kid's gonna be a pro. Mm. And, and he was just a raw talent at the time. So you know, very happy and ecstatic that you know he got paid. He's gotten his money. I think he actually should have got a little bit more. <laughs> but, right, uh, right. But uh, you know, just having him a part of the program, having you know guys like uh, him, TD, Chris Chielza, you know Jeremiah Martin. Demetrius Dyson, uh, Jonathan Starks, Joshua Bone, uh, well, not Josh Bone, but uh, Jordan Bone. Josh Jordan Bone, Bone, okay. Jordan Bone. Uh, those guys coming through the program and being able to, you know, you know, smell smell what the NBA life is like, you know, it's, it's huge for us as a program, but it's huge for them and their families as well. And it, it says a lot about, like, the resources that we're providing with also. Right, no, I, I knew about the AAU program, and I, I know how – how significant it is to to be able to have these kids go to a, a program or just get something to do. Like 
here in Chicago, yeah. you've been here for a few years, you know how crazy yeah. it can get. And and one of the things that I remember when I was growing up that really helped me not fall into the things was like after school matters, after school programs, just going to the YMCA and being able to hoop. Those things like that really matter to the younger kids. So we like to, for you to have your own team and you said you got the Nike on it too. Like, it's just great. That's just great. <laughs> Yeah, we, we we finally switched over to the swoosh. I, I mean, I've always been a, a Nike Pro player. I've been a Nike Pro player since I've been to the, I've been in the NBA. Word. Uh, you know, signed multiple contracts with, uh, you know, those guys over at Nike. You know, Nico, Wayne, you know, Trey, all those guys, Roy. You know, just, you know, I love those guys to death. Huge for me as far as, like, continuing to sign me, continue to keep me a part of, you know, the, the Nike family. Uh, you know, and, and then we finally made that that switch to on the grassroots side. We had been unarmed for the longest, uh, okay. you know, because you know um, Penny was uh, actually the the Nike uh, program in the city of Memphis. So, you know, if, you, if you're not gonna have the deal, then then that's the only person that should have it above me. Right, <laughs> right, right. You know, so so as soon as he kind of like transitioned over to college, we started to kind of transition uh, through the the existing program that. Uh, they kind of took it over from Penny and, and, and they transitioned it over over to us. And those guys were great as well. Uh, the one, you know, he kind of passed it along to us, me, her, my pops. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's been great. What's your relationship like with Penny? I'm just I'm just assuming that y'all have crossed paths a little bit with the Memphis connection. Yeah, I mean, you know, he... Uh, you know, he was he was like a, a a big brother to me. You know, okay. until he got until he got an AAU program that was in competition with me. <laughs> you know, but uh, no, nah, we we still we still we still talk. Um, you know, he's still like the big brother to me. He's uh, you know you know been helping me every step of the way. Um, he actually used to come to my high school basketball games and stuff. That's when we we first met. He kind of like passed the torch on to me. You know, from uh, you know him being the king of Memphis and and then you know uh, you know me having that torch and definitely passing on to some of the younger guys now, but, you know, um, you know, he, you know, he, he's been there every step of the way. He's been huge for me. Uh, you know, somebody I can always definitely talk to and reach out to, uh, you know, obviously, you know, he had some of our kids <laughs> that play for him at the University of Memphis. So, right. you know, um, it, it's, it's been, it's been great. Ain't no stopping me when you know that I called that. We got to talk about sneakers. Because I found out that you low-key might be the biggest sneakerhead in the league. And I say low-key because we know about like PJ Tucker and them who always are out. But like I saw a picture of a room that that was just filled <laughs> with, with Nike. So how did you get into sneakers? Because that's a big thing for me. You probably can't tell. We got 300 pairs of sneakers in this basement alone for me. So I, I'm yeah. big into the sneaker culture too. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I try to like keep mine under wraps, uh, mm. you know, and I, I don't really. I just actually really just start because I like I haven't even I didn't really even have an Instagram page at first. I was just like, you know, I always had Twitter and just kind of use Twitter. That's how I kind of like download all my information, uh, and then you know I, I end up getting an Instagram page because you know a lot of people was like, look, man, it's good for business, blah blah blah, you know. Mm. But um, for me, you know, I, I just have fun with it and. You know, I started kind of posting some of my sneakers when I first started my Instagram page, which was like four or five months ago. And, you know, people started going crazy like, you got these, you got that, you got this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've been having some of this stuff since, like, before I even got into the league. You know, wow. the good thing is my, my feet has not grown <laughs> in, in about 15, 16 years. So, <laughs> so, so I've been able to keep some of the stuff that I had in high school and that I still have to this day. Like, I have when... Braun's first shoe came out. I still have like four or five of those colorways, mm-hmm. the uh, Zoom generations. I still have, uh, you know, I got Kevin Garnett's uh, Nike shoe. You know, wow. you know I have uh, some Jason Kidd's, you know, the, you know, the flights. You know, um, I got uh, Penny's, you know, some of Penny's first shoe. So, right. Yeah. You know, Jordan's that's, you know, over like 20 years old. <laughs> so, you know, um, I have like, so I, I'm a really big PE guy. Like I have PEs right, like, yeah. for days. First of all, I should probably explain to y'all what a PE is. A PE stands for player edition. They're very specific to an NBA player. My favorite PE of all time is a pair of Dwayne Wade 13s before he was leaning. On the tongue of it, it says flash. And the number three, they're some of the rarest sneakers on the market because they're only made for that player. Like I got PEs stacked on the side over there right now, like Ray Allen and uh, 
you know, Stone, Q Rich and, and Gerald Wallace and all those guys who are my size, Carmelo, like all those guys who are my size. Like I have all the PEs over there right now. Like I've been a big PE guy and I've just been like collecting and stacking, collecting and stacking. So, I, you know, I have a, a, a big, diverse, uh, wide range of shoes that uh, a lot of people that probably haven't even seen like some of these colorways, like, uh, like, right. you know, I, like, I mean, I got a, a Q Rich PE. Uh, from when he played for the Miami Heat, you know, so, you know, <laughs> man, and, uh, and, and I got like, <laughs> you know, Q Rich P when he played for like, they just actually brought back like the 13s, the black and blue uh, 13s that okay. he was right, right. in Orlando. And I have an actual, I have that actual pair, but I have, my pair has a Q5 on there. So, <laughs> so I, like, I have a whole bunch of different stuff. Like I got the, low top 11s that they made for reality when they won, when they won the championship with the Miami Heat in 2013. Yeah. Um, and it says 2013 NBA champions on it. Like, it's, it sounds like to me, you like, so my friends make fun of me because there are sneakers that I have that I don't even wear. I just have them because they, they mean something to me, right? And it seems like that's a lot of your collection right there. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, one of the biggest things I always said, you know, you know, it, you know, they're they're that nice. You know, you got to get them twice. Right. You know, and, you know so so I like if if a shoe comes out or I have a chance to get something that's very very valuable. You know, I have two pair of them. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, another thing I always say is, you know, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it it's about quality, not quantity. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, and some people, you know, they they go about every shoe that comes out, and they they might have. Uh, five, six, seven, eight thousand pair of shoes, right? But I might have one thousand pair of shoes, and my one thousand might be the, the best quality, yeah, as opposed to quantity. Like they might have all of just the, all of the, the the stocks and the restocks, right? Right. You know, I might have all the dead stocks. Mm-hmm. So it's just about understanding, like you know, what you have in your hands, and, and you know how. You know how how fortunate you are to get it, and, and how blessed you are. Like I like I, I love sneaker culture. I love everything about it. Uh, I continue to collect to this day. You know, I think that's like my only vice, like sneakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, me too. Like I, I don't really care. I don't really care too much about cars, and you know, I do want a nice. I do have a nice car, but you know, I'm not. I don't own a Bentley. I don't own a Rolls Royce. I don't own a Ferrari. You know what I'm saying? I don't own a Lamborghini. Uh, you know, I only get things that I like and. You know, the stuff that I like is, you know, I like sneakers. So I, I go for the sneakers. Sneakers and I like watches. Nice watches. See, I ain't been able to get into the watch game. I only got, I ain't got that type of NBA paper. I can only get into sneakers <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I ain't going crazy on watches either. I mean, you know, it, you know, I only like a few, a few um, you know, a few things or whatever. So, you know, for me, you know, the, the biggest thing I really care about is making sure that my family is well taken care of and that they're going to be taken care of for, for the rest of their lives. Uh, and, you know, while I'm taking care of them, you know, I'm going to have some nice things. And, you know, those nice things for me are, you know, watches and, you know, uh, and, and and having a uh, and having shoes, having the sneakers. If somebody were to ask you, show me one pair in your collection, just your it is your favorite pair, <laughs> the most exclusive pair. But you have to show me one pair. What, what are you showing them? <laughs> my my uh, my favorite pair of Jordans uh, are favorite pair of shoes are not even the, the most exclusive pair. <laughs> um, and and my favorite pair of Jordans of all time is uh, the Cool Gray 11s. The Cool Gray 11s. The, 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 first, the, the, the high, first, okay. first ones that came out. First ones okay. that came out. So those, those are my favorite pair of Jordans of all time. Um, sticking by that, you know, I, I love those. I have a, a my first, my first NBA paycheck, um, I actually bought, I said, when I, when I was able to you know, because I didn't, I didn't get a chance to get them when they first actually came out. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, if I had, if I ever had a chance to get something, when I got some money, I'm getting me a pair of Cool Gray Eleven. So I went on eBay and actually I overspent for them and everything. I went and spent six hundred dollars, six hundred fifty dollars for, for for a pair of Cool Gray Elevens uh, with the gum bop. Man, man, the Cool Grays, I, I mess with Cool Grays. I think 11 as a silhouette itself is probably my favorite. That it wants when it comes to Jordans. For uh, sure. You can't get much better than that. I, I like 8s too. I like the 8s too. I think 8s are underrated. 8s are definitely yeah. underrated. 8s yeah. are definitely underrated. Um, 
you know, I, I've always been a big fan of the eights. Uh, I've been a big fan of the low top eights as well. Mm. Um, you know, but if I'm going to if I'm you know, if I'm going to some sneakers, I'm going to the elevens and you know, uh, and if I'm gonna dress it casual, I'm definitely going to ones. Like I have ample ones, like the band ones with the X's on the back, like oh. all types of yeah, like all types of ones and stuff. So like I, I'm real big on ones too. On court, you wearing a lot of Kobe's nowadays, right? Yeah, they're comfortable. They're comfortable. That's one of the more one of the more comfortable shoes there is. Uh, you know, love Kobe's. Uh, you know, God rest his soul. Uh, you know, I, I started wearing Kobe's, and, and I was like, man, like, like I was telling my uh, my reps at Nike and like all the guys over at Nike, man, y'all gotta keep coming with these. All right, keep coming because they was actually they was actually about to uh, try to um, you know take take the Kobe line. Uh, out as opposed to retro, and they were trying to get everybody to, to buy into the ADs, the Kobe ADs. Right. So you know, but you know, the good thing is like they're they're keeping it moving, they're keeping it going, and, and everybody's continuously buying into like you know what Kobe gave to the game, and they're you know they're recognizing it through his shoes. And, you know, I love that about it. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm not hoping that much nowadays, but I do. <laughs> I did. I did double up on the Grinches when they re-released. And yeah. then for my birthday, my, my one gift that I bought myself was the undefeated collaboration. Okay. With, okay. with the Kobe's. That, so, those, that's the only thing I wanted. Which 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 one? Which one? The first the first ones that came out, which was the what the fours? No, like no, fours it's not thing? it's not the fours. It's the one the, with the uh, you know, they came they came out with the undefeated um fours, I think, what, in like four or five different colors. See, um, no, I got the ones that the um I think they're sixes, fives or sixes. You got and the it, pack. So you the, got pack, the pack, right. So the first one is like yeah. this, this white with the bubblegum bottom, and then yeah, the other one's like the patchwork yeah. color. Yeah, when they sent me them, I was like, I got to get these twice. I got to have two pairs. And they was like, yeah, we can't see two pairs. Everybody trying to get these. I was like, ah, oh, these two pairs. They went on a semi. I was like, I was like, yes. <laughs> went crazy. No, they, they, they go crazy. I had, uh, I was, uh, I started off like, uh, practicing them joints and I was like, you know what? I got to put these back in the box. <laughs> they get like they get too crazy. I gotta put them back in the box because, like, like I like I, I play in shoes, but like I like like I really like to when I find a good shoe, I like to continue to go with the same shoe. You know, uh, you know the the feet ain't what they used to be, so I I ain't about to be around here just jumping shoes and all that. I, I mean, I you know I I, I showed a couple pair um, this year uh, some different stuff this year uh, so far. Um, I think I came out with the uh, Jordan Brand Classic 13, low top, okay. black and gold. I don't think too many people seen them. The, uh, the Quad 54 uh, low top 13s. Uh, I was actually thinking about uh, uh, rocking some uh, 17s or like some Q Rich, uh, some Q Rich joints or some some bronze, uh, right. some bronze twos or ones and stuff like that, but. Like yeah, like I said, man, feet don't they don't they don't <laughs> they don't feel it as well as they used to. <laughs> so I, I like to go with what I've been going with. No, I feel that. I feel that. If you do bring it out one day, some of those those OGs, the Q Riches, the Bronze, the sneakerheads, we gonna go crazy because it's gonna be everywhere. Just don't. If you decide <laughs> yeah, to do I, it. I mean, I just, I just been like like I, I haven't posted in a minute um, as far as like sneakers or whatever. I'm, I might get back to doing it. Um, I had. I had posted, like, I started in the summer. Like, I was just going through some of my shoes and stuff at the crib. Uh, and when I was going through them, I was like, man, I, I, I need to go post these. And I, I would post them, and people would just go crazy. Because, <laughs> I, like, I had so many, like, colorways that, like, people ain't really seen. Uh, like, like a lot of people don't even remember, like, you know, a Curious plan for my You know what right. I'm saying? So, so those, like, those colorways are, like, the ones that people can go crazy over and stuff like that. Like I got a pair of uh, Sean Marion uh, Phoenix Sun uh, fives. Like okay. a lot of people, like I think PJ hooped in the white ones. I got the black ones. So a lot of people was like, like looking at those, like, yo, like, what's those? Like, oh, those Sean Marion's. <laughs> so just a, a, a lot of different stuff, like uh, Q Rich Clipper joints. Mm. You know, like I, like I love all the collabs from back in the day. Uh, the supersonic uh, Ray Allen uh, Jordans were like crazy. I got Milwaukee Buck. Uh, I got some Milwaukee Buck eights. Some eights. And I and I got some Milwaukee Buck uh, uh, sevens. Awesome! Wow. Yeah, with the with the thirty four on there and everything. Like the joints go crazy. I feel like 
me and you can sit here and talk sneakers for an hour. Uh, nah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we could. I mean, we could change this podcast into, you know, uh, to, into like a, you know, look in my look in my closet, and then we we'll see where we go from there. <laughs> uh, let's let's get back. Let's let's take a step back and get back into yeah. to your upbringing and, and back to hoops. Um, you you leave Memphis and you go to Georgia Tech. Why did you decide Georgia Tech? Uh, I mean, uh, Memphis at the time. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Coach Cal was there. Um, he recruited me, uh, did a really good job. You know, I love Coach Cal to death to this day. Um, you know, but I, I felt like I had to leave home. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like uh, Georgia Tech did the best job of recruiting me. Uh, I was actually going to end my recruiting with Georgia Tech. And uh, what happened was one of the assistant coaches, he had took a job somewhere else. And he was the one okay. who was kind of leading out my recruiting. So I was like, all right, I'm going to end my, end my recruiting with them. And I'm just going to focus on... Uh, you know, the Carolinas, Arkansas, Kentucky's, Memphis and Tennessee and the Duke action. And then uh, they got, they had this one coach, his name is Charleston Young. And uh, he's actually uh, one of the assistants at Florida State right now. And he just kind of just jumped in and just man, took that thing full throttle. And, and I, what I liked about them was, man, they didn't just go through the kid. Like you have a lot of people just going through the kid, just, you know, trying to get the kid, trying to get the kid. Right. And they went through my they went through my actual family. So they, they talked to my, my pops first. They talked to my uncle. They talked to my my brother. They talked to my sister. Before I even had a conversation with the head coach, they had talked to my whole family already. Wow. And that's what I that's what I liked about it. Like they they included my family in, in this whole situation with me. And uh and it, it was just a good atmosphere when I got there on campus and, and I just, you know, I, like I felt like, cause I already kind of like knew. I was like, yeah, all right, I might be a one and done. Oh, okay. Out of here, probably gonna be out of here soon. And, and that was one of the things when I was talking to uh, college coaches. Like, look, like man, I could have came from high school. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's let, like, if, if you talk about keeping me more than two years, then we we ain't got nothing to talk about. <laughs> so, right, right, right. So, so, but most of the coaches was like, yeah, you know, we agree, we agree, you're gonna be probably a one and done. Uh, let's just, you know, just just get past this this first year. And I was just like, all right, cool. So you end up being a one and done. You get drafted by the 76ers. And so when when you start off in the 76ers, they were still a pretty competent team. You were there before, of course, the process and everything, yeah. right? I helped I help kick, kick the process off. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so when I first got there, they had, I think they had just made the moves of trading like uh like uh, AI. Okay. Uh, he just went to Denver. I think we had just got like Andre Miller or something like that. Uh, Andre Miller and like uh, Reggie Evans and all those guys came. So, you know, I was playing behind uh, Reggie Evans at first and then kind of, uh, I actually didn't play a lot at the beginning of the season. And then I kind of just kind of got thrown out there. And I remember like, uh, I got through out there against Portland. So I'm out there guarding LaMarcus Aldridge and I think we ended up coming back from down like 20. And this one, LaMarcus and them had like like uh, Brandon Rush. And, yeah, they had a break back then, man. Yeah, yeah, they had a whip. They they had Brandon Rush and him, and it, it was like all she wrote. <laughs> so we ended up coming back and we ended up winning, and then I had just started playing from then on. Uh, you know, but yeah, just going back to the six of days, like, you know, a lot of up and down years. Uh, I had been through a lot, you know, just uh, a lot of coaches, a lot of front office groups. Uh, you know, and then uh, I think two ownership groups, even while I was going through the front office groups and the coaches. So it was a lot of turnover in my my seven years that I had experienced there. But uh, one thing, one thing for sure that, you know, the city of Philadelphia, uh, you know, helped grow me from a boy to a man. Uh, I got there when I was 19 years old. I just turned 19. And, uh, seven days after my, my 19th birthday, I was drafted. So it definitely turned me from a boy to a man and gave me an opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, make a home out of uh, a place that I, I never thought I had end up being at. So, you know, um, you know, love Philadelphia to this day. You know, and I think you know the the fans. Every time I you know get on Twitter, or I get on Instagram, or you know, or like even when I go back to the to the arena of the city, you know, they all they all show me love and respect and say, you know, we miss you and stuff like that. So right. you know, definitely, I'm indebted to that to that city because they they taught me how to kind of like you know, uh, show my blue collar work and, and they taught me how to be a, a blue collar workman in this league. And that's why I've been in so long, you know, for 14 years. Right. Yeah. I feel like every 
former organization you've been with show love like <laughs> I, have, I have friends that are pacer fans and they still sending me trades like send us that back send us that back i'm like no he's good he's here in chicago he's good yeah i, I mean man honestly like when i i get to uh, i get to an organization like i'm there like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not one foot in one foot out i'm there I'm willing to give my all to to that organization because at the end of the day, you know, they're they're paying me to do a job. You know, they expect me to go out there and do my job to its entirety. And then I expect to go out there and do do my job to to its entirety, you know, if if that's what I'm a part of. You know, I believe in, you know, loyalty, I believe in, you know, being a family and I believe in to in, in whoever believes in me. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, for them to have me there, they obviously believe in me. They believe I can do do the job they believe I can execute the job you know to its to to its, its, its highest form so you know for me to go out there and, and to have half-ass a job you know um, you know that, that's wrong on my part so you know whether I don't like the situation or not I'm still gonna play hard regardless like last year I didn't <laughs> I'll be honest with you I didn't I didn't like my situation and how it was last year, but I, you know, when right. I, after I still played as hard as possible, I still did the things that I needed to do in order to help the young guys, which is be there for them each and every day. Uh, make sure I show up to work and work hard and making sure that, uh, you know, they don't, they don't see me, you know, complaining or anything like that. They see a, a guy who's going to come to work regardless of the circumstance. Right. I, last year was such a weird one, man, because I remember free agency hit. We signed you. We signed Tomas Sadoransky. Zach Levine was continued to get better. I think as a fandom, everybody was just on cloud nine. We like, this is the year we finally <laughs> back into the playoffs. Everything yeah, is going well. Were. <laughs> I yeah, was even right? on cloud nine. And, <laughs> and then something happened. I don't know how much you want to talk about it. I know what happened. Um, I don't know how much you want to talk about it. Um, but they fixed that up. They fixed that up. And this season, yeah. Billy yeah, Donovan... Yeah, we're gonna stick to this season. We're gonna stick okay, to this season. Okay, but this last, season last, last season we we gonna throw that one out the window. That was that was a lost season. We throwing that one out the window. But, uh, you know, um, you know, th- this season, you know, um, is definitely uh been good so far. Obviously the the record doesn't entail how good we can be as a team, but you know, um, you know, the only thing that's been killing us is fourth quarters this year. Uh bad starts and and, and bad endings. Um so, you know, the the middle part I think we you know, we we pretty much got that part down packed. <laughs> you know, second and third quarter. So yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. But first and fourth, you know, um, it's been tough on us. Uh hopefully with these trades, um, you know, we'll continue to we'll continue to get better as a team. Uh on paper we look good, but we still have to do the work. Right. Uh, you know, so you know, last season, like I said, we we throwing that one out the window. We focus on this season. We're past all of that. You know, everything's different now. We have a new coach. Yep. New staff, uh, new front office, you know, you know, and and we're focused on getting better as a as a franchise, as an organization, as a team, and we're focused on, you know, uh, trying to make the playoffs. You know, you know, I think we we have the pieces now that you know that can move us forward and put and propel us forward into getting into the playoffs. You know, and, you know, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we can go out there and and make some noise. I hope so too. My my biggest hope is that eventually the UC will start allowing fans back right in time for the playoffs. So we can, because right. there's nothing better than when the, the Bulls are in the playoffs. Oh, playoffs man. time the, in Chicago is ridiculous. How bad we were last year, the fans still came and still stood up proud. That's one of the biggest things. The, the fans still came and they still, they still show love and they still, still did what they did. I mean, you know, I had a lot of people, they hated me last year also, but, <laughs> you know, uh, but, I think it. I think it was more uh, circumstance than anything, you know. Definitely, um, definitely, definitely. You know, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, when you're a part of the circumstance, or you're a part of that that type of situation, you know, you, know, you find you find that that player that you know that's not doing well, and they jump and you jump on, you know. But I'm I'm battle tested and I'm built for all this type of stuff, so you know, it, it didn't phase me at all. You know, it's just like okay, well. You know, next year I can. There's always next year where I can come back. Right. I can bounce back and, and do what I need to do in order to get us, get us to to a certain space and, and get myself in a certain space. You know, I think my frustration though was more along the lines of you know, uh, you know, I felt like I wasn't being listened to. So, you know, uh, you know, but uh, you know, now you know, AK and Mark, you know, they're they're here. They're listening. 
uh, to not just me, but the whole the whole team as a, as a as an organization, as a franchise, and, and we're all going about this thing as a family. And uh, you know, but you know, to get back to what you said, you know, I can't wait to get uh, fans back in the UC. You know, I think that's that's needed for the game, just you know, for the love of basketball, for the passion of the game. You know, you know fans are definitely needed. Um, they help propel us through a lot of the a lot of the different things. You know, who's to say some of these games that you know we've lost? You know, the fans the fans were in the building. You know, yep. we stay up. We stay up by twenty. We stay up mm-hmm. by fifteen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't know if Damian Lee hits that shot of the the pack the the you know it's a pack I, house. I know, right? I know, yeah. I know, I know. It gets it it it, it gets it, it gets a little different when those when those fans are in there. So, you know, when we do get the, the fans back at the UC, we're gonna definitely need you guys to kind of propel us forward. You know, when we're down or we're we're not having the best game. You know, sometimes that, that energy is needed. You know, and is and is is needed to come from the fans as opposed to coming from you know us as the players. Not saying right. that we're not gonna have the energy, but you, know, you guys will just make us that much better. For sure, for sure. I want to take a step off the court a little bit and talk about you as an entrepreneur. I feel like um, this era of like the the veteran players right now have been doing a lot better with their money than maybe previous generations. And uh, from everything I can tell, you've been a serial investor, man. So what where did that entrepreneurship come from? Man, um, uh, I've been. I mean, when I was sixteen years old, um, I had a, a uncle that was. Uh, that was a multimillionaire from, you know, being a lawyer. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's not my money. It was his money. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, he, he stepped in and he kind of helped me start, you know, developing like a, a business mindset. You know, you know, we started to kind of treat everything as a business and, and started to kind of like, you know, own and, and, and operate things as, as like a business. So, you know, one of the biggest things I had told him when I was, you know, growing up, like, I want to be able to run my own empire by the time I'm 24, 25 years old. Uh, you know, and he was like, okay, if that's what you want to do, then we have to take steps now. So we started taking those steps early, you know, where, you know, his wife would, you know, teach me uh, dinner etiquette and, you know, how to public speak and stuff like that and how to, you know, make sure, um, you know, when I, I am in public that I know how to conduct myself, you know. Uh, so, you know, those different things, you know, how, you know, you know, how to, how to walk into a business meeting, you know, how to be prepared for a business meeting, how to, you know, make sure I'm doing the certain things that I need to do in order to be a businessman. And, you know, for me, you know, uh, I've continued on those things and, and continue to, you know, develop and, and continue to, you know, nurture, you know, what I was learning and, and turn it into, you know, uh, actual empire where you know, I do have my own, you know, real estate company. I do have a venture firm. I do have, you know, um, all these different things going on outside of basketball to where if I walked away from the game today, I'm fine. Right. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I'm fine with just letting my money sit in the bank account <laughs> and, and yeah. just collecting and just collect the interest off it. But, you know, it, it's about what you, what you're doing business wise and, and how you're going to continue to, you know, make strides and leaps uh, to continue to flip and continue to, you know, create generational wealth. And that was my biggest thing. I always wanted to create generational wealth for not just my kids, not just their kids, but their kids' kids. So I just want to uh, continue to do those things. But uh, yeah, I, I am a, a serial entrepreneur. I'm always, you know, on the phone and you know talking about the the best deals and, and, and seeing how I get into the best deals and, and putting myself in those positions. I mean, uh, I wouldn't have went back. I, I actually went back to school and got my degree. Uh, okay. And, and then I took it a step further. Um, because that was one of the things I promised my mom as well was that I was going to go back to school and get my bachelor's degree. But I took it a step further and we got my master's. So, you know, uh, you know, you know, just wanted to, to, to make sure that I'm doing everything the right way and make sure that, um, you know, as a businessman, uh, as an athlete, as an investor, as a father, as a philanthropist, that everybody looks at me in those, in those, those, those ways, you know, that I am taking care of because I am doing what I'm supposed to do. Is that is the way you're perceived off the court with the serial <laughs> entrepreneurship? Um, is is that more important to you than maybe like the the way you're viewed as a basketball player? Uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really care about like people's views uh, too much. Uh, you know, I, I try to just do and do the, the best I can do as a as a man, as a husband, and a father. And I, I try to 
you know, you know, make sure that uh, whatever I, I am doing, I, I'm doing it in, in, a, in a positive light and positive spirit. And, uh, you know, but as far as like what people view me as, as far as if they, they, they view me as a, a certain thing, like I would rather, you know, people view me as a human being uh, you know, or, or rather as a, a, as a businessman than, than an athlete. All right. Okay. You know, Cause I mean, I tell people all the time, the basketball part, that's the easy part. You know, I, I've been doing that for 14 years, so it should get easy. <laughs> right. Right. You know, um, you know, but you know, everything outside of basketball is the hard part because there's a transition period. You know, you know, I tell people all the time also that I'm not living real life right now. Like my real life starts after I'm done playing basketball because how many people in the world is, is you know, a professional athlete, right? A professional basketball player. It's only, what, 430 of us, 420 of us. So, you know, everybody can't have this job. You know, so when I'm, when I'm done playing, you know, my real life really starts and, and you know, I have a, a ton of life left after to continue to make money, to continue to figure out how to make money, to continue to own and operate businesses and, and run businesses, uh, you know, to the highest level and to continue to, you know, uh, pass that on down to my, my kids. And that's what I'm teaching them now, teaching them how, you know, to conduct themselves and how to, you know, grow up and, and be successful, you know, businessmen as opposed to just athletes. I feel that. I feel that. So we're almost done here. A few questions that I always like to, to ask people, because I think as a basketball fan, um, I kind of put together like this list of best moments of Thaddeus Young or best moments of this person. <laughs> what do you see as your best moment, whether it be a single play, a season or just when you look back on your NBA career, when it's all said and done, you'll remember that one first. Um. Honestly, I think every moment that I, I've been in the NBA is a, is a, is the best moment. You know, um, I've always prided myself on uh, continuously being there for my teammates and always uh, being, you know, uh, the teammate that everybody can rely on. So, uh, you know, I always consider those to every moment that I, I'm in the NBA and, and that I'm, you know, blessed and able enough to go out there and play is, is the best moments. You know, but probably my most recent best moment was, uh, you know, um, me being able to to walk out on the court and play at a high level in my uh, 1,000th game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, I mean, you know, I didn't find out the, the stats and the numbers until afterwards about how many people have uh, actually played 1,000 games. And uh, it's like 137, 147 people that's only right. done it for out of all the years <laughs> that the NBA has been going. It's only been, you know, it's been less than 200 people. To, to to do this thing and, That's and crazy. to play a thousand games and and then you know I'm you know I was the first to make it to a thousand games of you know of my draft class so <clears throat> you know um, you know fourteen years you know, my, my draft class and you know has so few left you know um, that's that's playing you know Jeff Green um, you know is that KD Marcus Mar KD Mike Conley, you know, uh, you know that's my draft player. So, uh, L. Horford, you right. know, and, and to be able to still play at a high level is, is huge. You know, with those guys, and you know, uh, you know, I'm just happy that I'm still part of this league, still part of you know, you know, playing and playing and able to play at a high level. I know uh, you probably do. You know that graphic that has you. Like your statistics, and then it's that like you're a That is such. That is such a horrible graphic. <laughs> okay, so you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that's the one. Indiana, I think I, I think Indiana newscast or something on the TV made it or something. I was like, this is such a specific <laughs> graphic to just me. <laughs> I know all of the NBA heads out there know exactly which graphic we're talking about. It was premiered on a Pacers broadcast and it was very selective with its statistics. These are the players that have accumulated 13.5 points per game, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals, shooting 49% from the field and 30% from three. We have Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and, and Thaddeus Young. Come on, man. You can't, you can't get a group that random when you got Thaddeus Young at the end of it. The graphic is so specific to just me, like as a as a player. Um, so it was it was a bit of a reach, but I, I think it's hilarious. I always like when I see graphics and stuff like that, I laugh at them and, and keep it moving. Just like uh, 
like Stacy is calling me uh Thagic Johnson. Thagic Johnson, <laughs> yes sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, so that that joke, that joke is funny. So I, I just I just laugh at those type of things. Like like I don't I don't <laughs> like I just I just think it's all funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's cool because Again, like, and me as a I want to know who made that. I want to know who made that graphic. Who came like, oh, we should do this. <laughs> <laughs> they had to give greenlit by by a producer somewhere. But yeah, right. On Basketball Reference, right? One of my favorite things to do is something like that, where I try to get a player to be related to some other player, do statistics, and it, it's it's fun to do when you get ain't got nothing. To, I mean, maybe I should be doing better things with my time, but I, <laughs> I I do it all the time. I do it all the time on Basketball Reference. So when I when <laughs> no, I first saw that fun. graphic, I was like, did I do that before? I was like, man, I was like, first of all, very average 20 song, LeBron <laughs> average 20 song, Magic over, over average 20, 10, 11, and whatever. Like, I'm averaging 13. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, man, like, who came up with this graphic? But it's okay. Like, I, I think, I think it's funny. It, I be saying, like, people toss it around and they be like, Man's the goat. <laughs> I'll be cracking up. It's, it's definitely, it's super funny to me. Something else you talked about a lot in this episode um, that, that struck us was about worth ethic, right? Um, on court, you said you're giving it your all, even in last season where it was kind of a duh. You gave it your all. Every step of your career, you gave it your all. Then off the court, you're working hard on entrepreneurship. So where did that work ethic come from? Man, honestly, um, yeah, I think the the work ethic just came from me just seeing other people in front of me working. Like, like I seen my mom, she she worked. I seen my dad, he worked. I seen you know my uncle Ken, he worked. You know, um, I mean, my wife, like she, we came up through through high school. Like I married my high school sweetheart, and she worked two jobs. <laughs> so just seeing the the work and what what could be what could come from the work. I think that was one of the biggest things. And, uh, you know, for me, just seeing like my development and growth from the work that I had started to put in once I right. actually got like really focused on basketball and just seeing how like I developed in such a short period of time and and, and just seeing that like, if you put the work in that, you know, good things really come out of those things. Like I just started to just continue to just fall in love with the work, the work portion of, of what I actually do. So, you know, it's the same way when I'm doing handling business deals. Like, like if I get sent a deal and I know I need to do some due diligence on the deal, I go and do all of the diligence that I can, I can do on it. Right. And, and I make sure that like, if I don't know something, I find somebody who knows it or I, like I hire somebody and put somebody in place that knows uh, or has more expertise in those fields to where I can make the best decision possible. Right. And it's the same way in the basketball court. Like, if somebody's better than me or something, then I'm gonna go to that player and I'm like, "Yo, like, teach me how to do this." Or, you know, um, you know, you know, if I if it's something that I I can't do, you know, um, I'm gonna try to work on it to get better. You know, if you know if I know how I can impact the game from a certain standpoint, then I'm gonna work to excel at that standpoint to where I can impact the game every single night on what I'm doing. Right. That, no, that's, that's perfect. I mean, I feel like a lot of people end up being too prideful to ask for help or, or to realize that maybe they aren't good at this and maybe they should learn from someone else. You know, so that, that's I'm pride. glad that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pride should kick in when somebody's challenging manhood. <laughs> right. You know, uh, you know, and, you know, for the biggest thing for me, like, like, I'm never too prideful to ask questions. Like, it's the same thing. Like when when I came to all this money. You know, um, you have a lot of guys who go into that boardroom and, and they talk with their financial advisors and different people who's handling their money. They don't ask a lot of questions because they don't want to sound dumb or they don't want to sound stupid. Like me, I don't care how stupid the question is, how dumb it may sound. I'm asking the question because you're dealing with my money, you're dealing with my right, bread, yeah. and I don't, have, I don't want nobody playing with my bread and I don't know what's going on with it. So, Thanks. <laughs> so, so I'm, you know, I'm. I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to voice my opinion or say what I need to say. Uh, you know, I'm a very straightforward person. I'm brood, I'm probably one of the most brutally honest <laughs> there is uh, as far as like, you know, when I'm dealing with certain situations. Uh, and it's the same thing like with my teammates. You know, um, 
I can't ask them to do certain things if I'm not doing it myself. So right, okay. I make sure I'm, I'm always out there playing as hard as possible and I'm, I'm doing certain things. I may not be the best player on the court. Uh, you know, Zach's our, Zach and, and Vooch is our best players. But I can ask them to do certain things because they know I'm playing hard and they know that I'm going to be there for them. Respect that, man. So so the, the last question we have, you came on the show, we appreciate it. It's called called game, right? Because you know yep. if it's three seconds on the clock, somebody going to have to take that shot. So throughout the history of basketball, you need a bucket to call game. Who are you giving the ball to? Three seconds. I'm three giving seconds. to <laughs> You talking about like anybody in the league? Any, or, anybody. Or, or just anybody in general. Anybody, hey, if you got somebody outside the league that you're giving the ball to, I want to hear that too. So, I'm giving that thing uh, probably uh, by uh, Kobe. Kobe, <laughs> hey. But, you know, Kobe notorious for them, them game winners and, and, and you know, that moment mentality. So, probably Kobe. Right. You know, uh, we had Metal World Peace on the show, and he said the same thing. Kobe is like the first, the first name. I feel like everybody we asked that to is going to be like, Kobe first. Man, that, I, I mean, I mean, I, I played, I've played against him, so I, I've been a part of games where he, I've seen him have twenty-five and a quarter and shit like that. So I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like, 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 where, where, like, you know, you, you, you got him, you got him at a, at a point where he's like down right now. So let's, let's, like, let's keep him there. Don't, don't kind of get him riled up, and then you give him some, a fan say something crazy, and then he's like, oh, I gotta put on it. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I've been a part of those games where I've seen those. I'm talking about like 25 and a quarter on with a triple team. So, mm. <laughs> so just seeing some of those things that he did and, and that he was uh, able to, how he was able to challenge, you know, every single team and every single teammate that he had in every single game. You know, uh, you know, it, it was amazing to watch. It was a, amazing to see him. Actually, very very happy that I was a part of, uh, you know, seeing him and, and being able to play against him. Uh, I was actually a part of the, the game, me and Zach were a part of the game where, uh, you know, he, he passed Jordan. Uh, oh, wow. As far as like- And that's when you were in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, was, that was our, that we was in that game. So I was, you know, I was happy to be a part of history. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, man. I, I, if I'm answering my own question, I'm probably giving it to Kobe too, man. It, it don't get much yeah, better than Kobe. Yeah, it, it don't get much better. I mean. I mean, you got some guys. Huh? You got you got KD. You know, um, you can get that thing to Kai. You know, Facts. Um, so you know, you can, and, oh you can my still, god, you can still you can still get that thing to Melo. Then and then we ain't, then we ain't even talk. We ain't even said nothing about Dame time. So mm. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you got man, you got a lot of clutch clutch guys in this league man, that that, can, that you can get a ball to and say, hey, go get a bucket. I mean, you know, you know, can't throw we can't throw Steph or Clay out of there either. So, yeah. So we just said that is Young on the show, and of course I had to ask him the question: with the game on the line, who does he give the ball to? It's a tough question. So he ran around the horn with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. But his final answer, if you ask me, is the right answer, and that is Kobe. You got to make it big because there's no spot on this court that he cannot hit from, and that is Thaddeus Young's pick for who he would want to call game. That's pretty much all we got, bro. Is there anything else you want to say to the people at home that's watching this episode? Man, uh, everybody, you know, um, like you said, it's called Game. You know, watch the podcast. Uh, make sure y'all uh, y'all lock in and subscribe and uh, and stay and stay locked in. We appreciate that, man. Hey, let your teammates know that we're looking for them to come onto the show too. All right, bet. Gotcha. All right, appreciate you, bro. Yeah.